Welcome to the WNCT Podcast Network. The COVID-19 pandemic has changed almost every aspect of our everyday lives, especially our schools. For more than a year, classrooms and chalkboards have been exchanged for living rooms and computer screens. There we are. Hi, everybody. As for the class of 2020, the pandemic also meant no graduation ceremonies and a concern about what's next. A year later, some students are still worried. Meredith Beeman is a senior at Green Central High School. It's kind of hard to get excited about the next chapter coming up when you haven't even been able to close this one out like you're supposed to. Many school districts in the East are set to return to in-person learning in April. But could that be too late for some students? Samantha Gerganis teaches third grade. There are going to be some lags in these kids and their education, and they might be a little bit further behind, but that's our job. We're going to catch them up, and um, we'll do every means we have to to get that. I'm Emily Severidge, and we'll talk the state of education with Nine on Your Side's Caroline Boyer. We'll find out how the pandemic is reshaping our classrooms and the real lessons learned by educators and students. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The State Of. This is a new segmented podcast that we're doing here at WNCT to really dive into the different aspects of our society and our economy that have really been affected over this past year by this really horrible pandemic. So we've already kind of dived into the state of farming, the state of hospitals. Today, we're diving into the state of education. And I am joined here in the studio by Caroline Boyer. How are you doing today? Good. How are you doing, Emily? I'm doing good. So I want to go ahead and get right into this topic. You spent a long time researching this, talking to different school officials, school teachers, parents of students. What is the overall feeling of school leaders at this point in the pandemic? Are they optimistic or are they still really concerned about this virus in their schools? I think there is definitely some concern about how this pandemic and not a lot of people not being in 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 in-person classes is going to affect students progress for years to come, especially for these kids who, you know, were learning to read over Zoom or learning their multiplication tables, things that are really basic that you need to build the foundation for the rest of your education. So there is definitely some concern for these kids who haven't been logging on to their virtual classes that they are going to fall behind. But I think the general consensus is they can't use that as an excuse. Teachers are going to have to meet kids where they are once they move up to the next grade, meet them where they are. And one thing that they, a lot of teachers were telling me that I didn't even think about is there are always kids in their classes who are a little bit behind. No one is ever on the same level. So it's basically going to be their normal job, what they're used to, meeting these kids at the level where they are and bringing them up to the level where they should be. There might be a few more kids who are needing that help, but it's still the same premise and teachers are prepared to be doing that. Wow, that's awesome. That's not even an aspect that I would have thought of. That's really fascinating. Um, And you said, you know, you kind of already talked about learning in a virtual environment is just so difficult, something that these kids never really had to experience before. So Would you say that was just the hardest part in general is having to navigate learning online, doing hybrid learning, or, 
you know, what would you say was the hardest part for these students from talking to these teachers? Was it that lack of social socialization? Was it the fact that just being thrown into something new was hard and scary? I think it was honestly a combination of all of those things. You know, obviously, especially these young kids, they are not used to learn. Well, no one really, even the older right, kids are not yeah. used to learning through a computer screen. The teachers aren't used to teaching through a computer screen. Sure. Some counties had and used technology before this, but not nearly at the level that they were, that we have to now. So I think, you know, I talked to a third grade teacher. She was telling me normally, you know, in third grade, you learn your multiplication tables, you know, you have songs and hand symbols that you use to learn those multiplication facts. And she was telling me how hard that was to teach kids that through the computer screen, because people wouldn't have their cameras on. So they wouldn't be participating mm -hmm. or someone was lagging behind. So you can't really sing together and, right. you know, do those activities that help ingrain the facts into the kid's brain. Brains. So she said that was it was definitely hard to keep kids interactive and engaged in the lessons while still, you know, trying to make sure that they get these basic things that they need to move to the next grade and the next grade and the next grade for the rest mm -hmm. of their education. And I definitely think it was hard for the teachers as well to see their kids not being able to socialize because obviously we do go to school for an education, but a lot of school is learning how to interact with people, building relationships. Right. Some kids need food that school provides. So it was definitely more than just education and learning that was affected in school by this pandemic. For sure. And so how are how are some of these teachers able to translate some of these classes, these activities you spoke about, um, you know, art classes, music classes, um, even like a gym class? How did these teachers, how are they able to adapt that into a virtual learning environment? And like you said, keep these kids engaged. Did they have any kind of fun activities that they were kind of, you know, trying out for the first time? Yeah, absolutely. I did speak with an art teacher at Green Central High School. And, you know, she was telling me how hard it is. A lot of the kids that she teaches are seniors and she told she literally said word for word teaching getting a regular senior to be motivated <laughs> is very hard so oh, yeah. getting them to be motivated for an online class mm -hmm. she said it was like pulling teeth so oh, yeah. god bless her because <laughs> i don't think that i could do it um but basically she kind of had to shift curriculum what she would normally be doing obviously a lot of the materials that you use in art class aren't things that translate to stuff you can do at home you know they're using clay and have different machinery and equipment that they have in the art classroom that they can't that they don't have at home so she said that they shifted to a lot more like drawing and sketching and painting and that kind of thing she put together kits of things that she could send home with the students so they could do it at home and so she said she's going to be excited obviously for when they can come back and she said they're going to be really good at drawing and painting when they come <laughs> back but then it'll be nice to kind of incorporate some of the things that she wasn't able to do during the pandemic once they come back to in-person classes. For sure. And, and one of the other things I wanted to talk to you about is, you know, this three feet versus six feet now. Now, obviously, um, this is something newer that's happened over the past uh, week or two, but they've, you know, made the statement, the CDC's made the statement that schools K through 12 don't have to be six feet apart anymore in classroom settings. Those kids can now be three feet apart and they think that's safe enough without those barriers and all that. So were you able to get any reactions from teachers on that aspect, um, the three feet versus six feet? Um, did you get to talk to them about that at all? 
So that guidance came down from the CDC probably two weeks after I did these interviews. Mm. So I did not get to ask about that. But I'm sure that, you know, it will be easier if these counties decide to adopt the three feet instead of six feet, because especially as far as materials go, like Mm. teachers normally, or at least in the county where I come from, like you, you share and especially with like lab equipment and science classes, you're sharing, you're collaborating because they don't have enough for every student to do something. So being able to be a little bit closer, maybe being able to get to the point where we can start, students can start collaborating more instead of, you know, having to be six feet apart. I'm sure that that will be a weight off of teachers' shoulders if that's what some counties around here decide to do. Definitely. And I think that's just a great step to kind of kick off seeing our, our education system kind of head in the right direction again with this with this pandemic saying, okay, you know what? I think we can get closer. This This is safe. We're doing okay. We're on the right track. So I think that's Definitely something promising when we're looking at the education system and all of this pandemic. Um, one of the other things you talked about in in your story that I want to touch on, this has been a huge issue across Eastern North Carolina for years and years and years, is the internet access, especially in these rural counties. So for students that, again, did this virtual learning are are these students falling behind are their teachers saying you know it's it, i feel i don't know what to do how to help these students because they just don't have this access they don't have this availability and there's only so much we can do is this still a huge issue that we're seeing yeah it absolutely is and in both green because my story focuses on green county Mm -hmm. and Beaufort county in both of those counties I spoke with a principal and the superintendent in Beaufort county in both of the counties they have students who do not have any sort of internet broadband access Mm -hmm. and even if the school can provide a hotspot to the student it still will not work just because based Mm -hmm. on where they live so even if they could give them and they have tried to give them a hotspot it still will not work and so that was as obviously a struggle for kids and I know in Greene County um, the principal at Greene Central High School was telling me you know they have students there who have no internet access so what they'll have to do instead is get like a paper packet of their work and Mm -hmm. since I don't know what plan they're on right now. I think they'll be moving to plan A soon. But when they're on plan B, interchanging weeks, one week you're at home, one week you're in person, the student would take their packet home and do it and then come back the next week. So technically the way it would work out, the student would be a week behind Mm -hmm. and they would have to be playing the catch up game. So that's obviously really hard. But, you know, teachers understand and, and it's circumstances that are out of these kids' hands. And teachers understand that and they are, they feel for that and are willing to work with the students to make sure that they learn what they need to learn, even if they're a little bit behind on turning in the work. Sure. And so moving forward with this pandemic, obviously it's not over yet. This is still ongoing. Um, But what does the future look like for the state of education from what you got from these school leaders, school officials? What are they optimistic about for the future of schooling in the next couple months, in the next year? What are they looking forward to? Are they just happy to be back in school or do they have you know, their eyes set on on a big goal over the next year. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think um, there's no question that everyone is going to be glad when schools can get back to more of a normal schedule, mm-hmm. all kids being back in school at the same time, five days a week. Um, but something that all the educators I talked with 
um, about with was that they're going to be using more technology in their classrooms now. One mm-hmm. of the principals I spoke with said, you know, you don't put the genie back in the bottle. They've learned so much about education using technology. And so now they're going to be implementing that more in their daily classrooms, even, you know, when students can all be back in the classroom and not working from home. So I think that is something that they're looking forward to. A lot of counties, you know, it's one-to-one. Kids have their own iPads or Chromebooks, whatever it may be. So I think just implementing more technology in a day-to-day basis, but also just like, you know, knowing that education is going to forever be changed by this pandemic, just like many aspects of our lives. You know, things are, and this is something that the Beaufort County superintendent told me was that, you know, normal is never going to be the same normal that we Mm. had at one point. But, you know, now they're just looking forward to being innovated and using all the things that they've learned during this pandemic to make education in the East even better than it was before the pandemic. Um, I really like how he said that, that, you know, we might not never get back to that normal, normal that we're kind of expecting to, but our new normal might be better for all we know. Like, like you're saying, you know, these school systems are adapting this new technology that they, you know, learned is working and that they can now, uh, you know, adapt into their curriculum, which is going to help students, you know, just technology is moving that way anyway. And um, I think it's going to be interesting to see the new normal when we come on the come out on the other side of this pandemic to see, you know, what what our a society has really ad- adapted from this experience, what we've learned from this and what we're, you know, carrying on with us into the new normal. Um, so I want to thank you so much, Caroline, for joining us for the state of podcast about education. Thank you so much for doing this story and, and speaking to these school leaders. And I just want to say, you know, guys, our teachers have been there since day one. Their job has not stopped. They have continued teaching every single way they can, whether it's in person, online, over the phone, any possible way that they can. They've been out there um, continuing to try to keep our students safe and educate them in the best way that they know how. So remember to thank a teacher. Remember to thank a student for, you know, doing their best to get through this pandemic um, and and trying to get their schoolwork done and making these changes and just adapting because that's, you know, never easy for an adult, for a kid. I can't imagine how difficult this year has been. So I want to thank you again, Caroline, and thank, thank you, you guys for listening to another episode of The State Of.